What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Stand Up to Sitting podcast. I am your host and Chief Energy Officer, Jeremy Abramson. Guys, I am so pumped up for today's show. We are continuing our Women in Wellness series, and I have one of my dear friends, somebody I admire so much, Sarah Akiba. Originally from Paris, Sarah has become one of the most impactful people in the South Florida community. She's a fashion designer, philanthropist, and entrepreneur. She's best known for founding AWOM, a lifestyle company created in memory of her father, Sarah. Hi. What is up? Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, yes. I'm super stoked to have you. I know your time is super precious. And it means the world that you're here. I'm so excited for this talk. Um, by the way, is there anything you want to add to that intro I did? No, I think you did a pretty good job. Appreciate you. Yeah. I practiced. <laughs> um, so I mentioned AWOM. Yes. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think it's super impactful what you're doing. Absolutely. So AWOM is a lifestyle, like you said. It doesn't just stop at um, philanthropy. There's a whole brand behind it. Um, it started kind of backwards. A lot of companies... Um, start their company and then begin their philanthropy work. I did the opposite. So um, I started a nonprofit called Angel Watching Over Me. And it was just, um, it was obviously I lost my father to lung cancer. And then I just wanted to help people and find people who were like me who also lost somebody because I didn't feel so comfortable talking to my family because I was kind of like the backbone of my family. Mm. And then um, I started a support group for people who lost a loved one very naturally and organically. And then um, I kind of, I mean, my mom was like, hey, Sarah, like, it's really nice what you're doing for the world, but you also have to make money. I was like, shit, mom, you're probably right. Hopefully we can curse on here because, whoops. Uh, <laughs> so I took the acronym and I went back to my roots of um, wardrobe styling, designing, and I, I always dabbled in that no matter what, but um, I created AWOM. And AWOM was a clothing brand and is now, um, I made this huge, huge, I took this huge step and I'm actually taking the whole AWOM brand and making it 100% of proceeds go to the nonprofit now. Wow. So anything with T-shirts that you see stamped "Woman Muhead Femme," which is very um, female-driven, it will 100% go um, to the foundation now. And then I have AWAM Lab, which is a female co-working space and creative agency, female female-owned and female-led. And I also have a once-a-month dinner called A Woman's Dinner, and it's so special. It's 30 women, always different women, doing something impactful. CEOs, influencers in our community and hopefully I get to grow that nationwide. And yeah, I mean, now the AWOM Foundation has grown so much. It's not a s- just a support group for people who lost a loved one, which we have twice a month. So if you have lost a loved one, come see me. We'd love to help. Um, it's now become a, a community for young girls in public schools um, to talk about self-love, self-care, anti-bullying, and just, I mean, I pretty much have 180 children. Uh, maybe I didn't birth them myself, but they are my kids, and I take so care of beautiful. them, and and I'm there every single Friday. Yeah. And there's obviously a story behind everything, and it's a lot longer, but that's pretty much... Um, We're going to dive a little yeah, deeper, but yeah. one of the things that fascinates me about you... And just to give people a little background, mm-hmm. I met Sarah 
at a coffee shop that we actually both frequent, I think maybe like three or four months ago. I think it was like five or six months ago. Five or six months ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, regardless, I was, I was after, after we met, I kind of checked out Sarah's work and I was blown away by the amount of projects that you take on and that you're able to produce and the impact you're creating and the lives that you're touching because that's what I aspire to do right is really make an impact and that's what this platform's all about is really you know Absolutely. giving people a voice and giving them permission to be themselves um I want to ask you a little bit about your dad and kind of can you give us an idea of like what your relationship was like oh and boy. yeah I'll, I'll let I haven't you been asked that in a long time. Um, yeah. What our relationship was like. Um, I mean, he was just the backbone of the family. Um, he, he and I, I mean, I was his only little girl. So I have three older brothers and I was his, his princess, you know. And we were just very, very close. And he was always, he always pushed me to do more. And always told me I can do whatever I, but you know, all parents say that you can do whatever you want to do, but he would make me write contracts on paper and sign it and be like, you're going to do this. Wow. And I'd have new ideas every week. He held you accountable. Oh, for everything, That's you so know, dope. and we had so many ideas and so many, you know, I always say, I, I wish I'm okay that he, he, he's not, you know, physically here anymore. I'm, I've become okay with that. Um, but I just wish he w could be here to just see what I'm doing because he was such a giver. And like the reason I started my own nonprofit is because I don't know where my funds when I donated from my first event went, you know, I, I don't know what it went towards. And my dad always used to say that cause he worked with a lot of people who had nonprofits, but were not very charitable. If that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, a lot of these. So it was it was sketchy, right? Right. So he was he was just a giving man, and he always, you know, I, I just wish he could be here to see that, like this, you know, is to put your money where your mouth is, and that this is exactly what I'm doing. I'm putting it in the hands of the people. He worked a lot in Africa, a lot of in Haiti, and he would never give to their um, nonprofits. He would bring a stack of hundred dollar bills in his left pocket, always the $100 bills in his left pocket and the smaller bills on the right. That was my dad. <laughs> so when we get an allowance, he'd have his $100 bills and he'd like, we know if he went to the right pocket, we weren't getting a lot this week. You know Damn. what I mean? Wait, yeah. He would, he would sometimes knew. give you $100 for allowance? A week? Yeah, sometimes when we'd get lucky. How old were you? I was probably like 15, 16, ah. $100. Yeah. Yo, when we were lucky. Off. My dad and then, was an asshole. No, no, no. And then sometimes <laughs> we'd get like 10 and we'd be like, damn, what's going on, dad? He's like, well, we're not doing so well this month. And I'm like, all right, whatever. We get what we get, you know? You weren't doing well as in like your family's finances or like you didn't get a lot of shit done around the mm. house or chores or what? No. See, that was, um, I guess, a very American thing, the chores and stuff. In our house, it was more just like you knew you had to do that. Right. Like that was just like part of our life. I'm actually I'm kind of like crazy in that way. Anyway, I'm very like clean and I organize my closet like 20 times a month just because like I'm nuts. Maybe it's just in my blood, but we always made the bed. We always like helped around the house. Like I, I loved cleaning the floors of my house. So I always just kind of did it. So that was never like a thing in, in the house, the mm. chores. But um, it was more financially. Yes, they some, you know, there was a lot of ups and downs. My parents were really good at making money and then very good at spending money. Mm. So got it. they really lived life to the fullest. 
if you if you want to put it that way. And I want to know a couple things. I want to know the biggest lesson that your father taught you. Mm. I always say the same thing because it's it's literally how he woke me up every single day. He would never be like, oh, you know, wake up. He'd be like, Sarah, allez, courage. So he'd tell me, come on, courage, wake up with courage. That was like his thing in the morning. So I guess that was my his best advice to me is courage. And like, just like wake up and like get it done. Like no one's going to get it done for you. And how, that's beautiful. I love that. Mm-hmm. And how has the rest of your family responded since well. it's been, it's been like almost what, six years now? Six years this July. Wow. You're going to make me cry? <laughs> yes, six years. Six years, July 31st. Like, um, I want to know how your mother's responded because... It's hard because we all responded differently. Um, I was the only girl, but I was the strongest. Um, I, I mean, I wonder if, like, my family would be okay with me saying this, but it is what it is, and I think that people would learn from it. You know, one of my brothers had... Um, a drug use problem after my dad. Uh, one of my other brothers would never talk about it until right now. He's actually, because I have talked him into it for so long, right now in his first therapy session, right now. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's been uh, six years since I've been trying to get him to go there without, because he's very, um, you know, he feels that he took on the family, mm. and in some ways he has, you know. He, he feels like he is my dad, and he resembles him so much, it's scary. Um, and my mom, I mean, my mom will never be happy ever again. It's the love of her entire life. I mean, they were, she, she always said it, they were never friends. They were only lovers and they were in love till the moment he left and until today. And has she dated anyone? Oh no, she would never, she would never. I, I, sometimes I say, I wish mom, like I wish, cause I know like, she, she just, I wish somebody would love her and touch her. Can you imagine six years sleeping alone and never being touched? Never having sex? Yeah. Never, you know, she's not an old woman. Yeah. But she's like, no, I, I have to meet him again one day. That's, that's how she sees it. That's like, a, I guess that's almost like a love that we should all strive for. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's like a that, dream. That one person where it's like, if they're gone, I'm not even like, and the idea of being with someone else doesn't even cross my mind and that for is her it's when you when you ask her oh you know i think i have a guy for her. her her friends have done that to her before she's like a 13 year old kid and like goes home and cries mm. oh yeah she like cannot deal with that so she yeah my mom my mom and dad are still very much in love maybe he's not here but they're they're still in love and still i want to i want to touch on something you mentioned about your by the way thank you for sharing this i know it's very personal um i want to share something about or or go a little deeper you Mm. mentioned one of your brothers got took a little wrong turn and Mm. got got himself into drugs maybe to cope maybe to kind of to heal himself in, in some capacity yes um and i feel like this is a common theme especially among especially in america especially among men because we're told that showing emotion and expressing right. ourselves and crying, all these things aren't signs of strength when in fact those expressions of vulnerability really are true strength Absolutely. and courage like your dad would always preach. Um, so I'm wondering, and, I, and I, I feel like that's also one of the reasons why there's been this created, this distance created between men and women is because men have 
naturally a tougher time expressing themselves. Yes. And they wear these masks for sometimes their whole life. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is one thing like if you could have a message to all the men in the world, like one way, one thing, maybe one way to encourage us to maybe be more vulnerable and express ourselves more openly? I think it's, it's difficult because I was raised with four Moroccan men, very strong-minded, and, you know, the women serve the men. And right. I'm cool with that. I love that. And I think that in today's society, I think men are doing a better job of opening up. And I think it takes, honestly, men like you to speak to our younger generations and tell them that that's okay, you know? But I, I do still think it's important for men to stay strong. I do. I, I think it, it's still important to have, n not to have a mask. It's, it's okay to, like, open up and have it be out there, but don't lose that masculinity. Right. Because it's it's who you guys are. It's yeah. why women love you. It's that divine masculinity. Absolutely. So be open. Right. But being open doesn't mean you have to lose your masculinity. Right. That's that's what I'm trying it's to like say. It's like a healthy balance because Absolutely. Because I feel like maybe if at that moment in time in your brother's life, maybe if one of his close friends or someone like that would have kind of came to him and really and maybe this did happen and he, and he was just resistant to it but really came and and showed compassion and really kind of was consistent in being present for him I maybe he would have gone down a different path who knows he had a wife who couldn't have been a better wife has sorry you know he had children has children and i think it was just like it it was just inside. Sometimes, you know, you coop things inside and you don't want other people to see it because you want to be strong for them. So, you know, and we're, we're a real tight family, like really tight. Yeah. So I think it just, sometimes it takes just you and you. It's mm -hmm. your own battle. You know, I, I, sometimes it's not about someone else. And I've learned that through relationship. Like I was always the girl who had a boyfriend, always. And the last four years, I didn't. And I was just being alone. And it was beautiful. And I learned so much. So much about just being alone. You what know? Did you, what, what did you find out about yourself in those? I mean, obviously a lot. From 23 to 27, a lot of shit happens. But a lot of shit happens. You just built a lot of self-awareness, right? Even I just appreciated like quiet and like getting to know who I am and what I like and what I don't like. And just becoming really independent, like paying my own bills and no one telling me what to do and where to go and at what time to be there. And, you know, and I, I just it was just me. And I I learned to just be me. And it, it was it, it's special. I think that's something a lot of people we hear the expression like, oh, you complete me something mm. like that. I try and tell people like you're perfect, whole and complete just the way you are. Oh, yes. And and then, you know, you find those people that your vibrations match and and you guys really just appreciate each other yeah. and make each other each that much time. better each other's time exactly that presence right um i love that that you say that presence because it i think it's so important now especially in the world that we live in like being fully present in the moment of what we are currently doing 
yeah. right? So that means you could you could be with someone, you could be hanging out with someone, but you're not even there. Yeah. You're not even present. So like that's it's so important. It's, it's so all about you have to be ready to be with someone, but it's not just like being there physically. It's actually being there. Your yeah. mind, heart, body, soul. Like you're you're there. Yeah, it's all it's 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 quality over quantity, totally. right? Like totally. I see all the time kids playing at the park or kids in different situations and their parents are just like on their phones or not really giving them the time of day. And I'm like, yeah, you're spending time with your kid right now, but you're not really you're not really giving them your attention. Absolutely. And how's that going to manifest and translate later in their life? Because it all this shit comes back from our childhood. It's difficult. Right now we we live in a really tough world, especially for kids. I mean, I feel bad for what they're growing up in. Yes. I know it well firsthand yeah. with my girls. Talk, yeah, talk a little bit. That's a smooth segue. Talk a little bit about what you're doing with Girls Club because okay. I think this is so beautiful and it's so necessary. Yeah. And I'm extremely excited to contribute in some yes, capacity. Can't wait. Um, but yeah, just tell us a little bit about what that consists of the girls. So girls club is every Friday I go to the school. I actually built a girls club room and it's a safe space for these young girls. So there's extra pads in case they get their period, extra pants in case they leak, um, extra books. If you want to check one out, um, there's extra school supplies. There's, um, healthy bars in case they don't have meals because a lot of them deal with homelessness or, uh, just their parents deprive them of eating or have eating disorders. Um, and I just, I, we do so many different things, so many different things. I think it's the most special when it's just me and them. I've really built a relationship with these girls. And it's it was hard because here I am, this white girl coming into their school, you know, and which is mo- mostly minorities, right? So blacks, Hispanics, and a very small group of white you know, Americans, and they're just like, you know what, I'm not, I don't feel so comfortable. Like, who are you? you How know? long did it take you to kind of build that trust with them? A week. Really? What was oh the, yeah. I, w- I want to know your I'm secrets. hood on the inside, for real. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I got I, some hood in me too. Yeah, it's, it's, well, I went to public school my whole life, and also, like, my parents, there, there was never, like, I know that the pe- a lot of people say this, like, there was never color, like, the, but there really wasn't, like, the, the, that wasn't a thing. I, I'm from France, like, that's, that's not a thing there. It's very American, you know, to, like, blacks, white, like, it's not, it's just not a thing. So, I just, like, I told them, well, first of all, I'm not white. I'm from my father's African from Morocco, born in Morocco, and I'm from France. So like that was the first thing that they're you like, "Oh, you're not white," cred. and I'm like, "No, I'm not." And like, "Oh, okay." So that made them a little more comfortable, right? And I'm like, "But anyway, so what if I am?" You know? And it's just like, then I I I I, <laughs> I remember this. I did one whole like. I dedicated a whole Friday to this and it was like we were just touching each other's skin and looking at each other straight in the eyes and I made them like touch their person next to their lips, their eyes and I made them closer and I was like, what do you feel? And they're like, ears, what do you feel? Eyes, what do you feel? Eyebrows, what do you feel? And I'm like, so what does color matter? We're all the same. Mm -hmm. We're all just one people trying to get by. And you did that Within the first couple of weeks, you did that exercise. Yes, I do that w- uh, the first week of every um, year. So I'm I'm now in my fir- fourth school year coming up in the fall, and and they get that. There it's is all middle no school more. Yes, sixth to eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow, that must be so cool to see that that sixth to eighth grade that three year to see 
the way they evolve I and, ha- and mature I and have grow. I had my first graduating class this year from that I've had them since sixth grade, and they're now going off to high school, and it was just what growth and the letters I got. And I, and I know, I know that they will be better people. I know. Yeah. I know. That's, that's incredible. And yeah. it was, I did this, you know, gratitude training, this transformational workshop a couple of weeks ago. And one of the, one of the exercises we did really focused on giver versus taker. Mm. And it's funny because I've always considered myself a giver. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the ways I define myself. And we actually were giving each other feedback and the results show that most people perceive me as a giver too. Mm. And then when I was thinking about my actions and thinking about the way I'm living my life right now, I, I kind of discovered, yes, like I am giving in some areas, but, but you're taking more, but, but the biggest way I think I'm taking is by not giving more. Like I have this mm-hmm. super, I have this superpower to use my voice and to connect with people and create mm-hmm. this impact. And I'm not using it to my max capacity. So therefore, I'm taking away from society. Wow. And that's why I reached out to you like a couple days, a couple days after we talked. And I was like, I want to do something like I want to I want to help bridge the gap. And I want to incorporate young men because I feel like we reveal what you're about to do and change the world with me. Should we? Do you want to do you want to say? So Jeremy, Mr. Stand up to sitting. okay, (laughs) is. Now starting the first AWOM Boys Club. AWOM Boys Club. You are the president. You are the master. You are going to teach our youth, which the boys need it so much. And I won't say more than the girls, but more than the girls. Yeah. Because like we talked about before, they feel like they have to be such men, but they're in such bad positions and have no one to look up to and think they have to be mean to girls and mean to each other to stand their ground and i mean hopefully you're going to be the one to change their minds and and show them that there's a bigger world out there there's a bigger world out there so that's you and i mean i I feel so lucky and like it's kind of crazy so we saw each other at aroma and i looked at you and i'm and I'm like, how did I not think of this before? I mean, the principal has been asking me, like, we need a man, we need a man, we need a man. And here I am. I was friends with you for six months, and yeah. now we'll go into the fall, and you'll I'm be you'll be the one that's starting this program. So yeah, no, I'm really humbled by the opportunity. I think for me, it's one area that I feel like has been missing. Mm. You know, I I was involved with Boys and Girls Club and different different things throughout the years. And I feel well equipped now because I feel like I have a level of um, self-awareness and compassion mm. and hearing, hearing stories about what these kids endure on a day-to-day basis, whether it's bullying, abuse, um, starvation, like really fucked up things. Mm-hmm. And we're never taught how to, how to I don't want to say how to handle them, but how to face this and how to overcome it. And that in and, 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 and not live in that. That exactly. is not their truth. That is yeah. not the only thing out there. Like they don't know that there's something bigger. They actually genuinely don't know that there's something bigger. I'll tell you a story. I I take care of this one family that I feel very, very close with because they're in and out of a homeless shelter. 
and two of the girls of her daughters are my students and I just I love them so much and I've taken them home several times and done their laundry and have them slept over because I refuse to see them on the streets right and for the first time ever I drove them over the bridge to the east and showed them um, Golden Beach right Collins uh, Sunny Isles mm. And they're like, whoa. And you should see their eyes. I mean, they just lit up. I mean, opened so wide. And they're like, is that a hotel? And I'm like, no, that's a house. That's <laughs> one house. And I was like, you could have that. Because no one can tell them they can't. Yeah. Except yourself. Yeah. They can only tell themselves that they can't have that. Yeah, and I, f I feel like what the biggest thing, the biggest gift that you're giving them is empowering them to understand like they are worthy, they matter, yes, yes. their voice matters. And that their situation is not, th that's not right. That is not life. That yeah. is not, that's not life. They have opportunity. Will they have to struggle? Yes, but I also teach them, yo, my struggles, they're who I am. They're my companies. Yeah. Literally. I lost my dad, but I took that sour lemon, and I made it very sweet lemonade. So mm. those struggles are just going to make you so much stronger. They're going to help you save other people's lives. They're going to make you start Girls Club. They're going to make you, they're just, they're going to make you who you are. And you, so don't, you know, I, I, I very much believe in seeing everything in the positive now. I really do. I really think there's, there's a such a moment in that, like, yo, take that. Like, you're yeah. homeless on the street. What the hell are you gonna do about it? Yeah. Don't think I'm homeless on the street. Poor me, you know. Like, what am I gonna do about this shit? Yeah. I'm take 13. I'm not allowed to have a job. Well, guess what? Go find something. Yeah. Cause this system is against you. It's yeah. against you, and so you gotta figure it out. And that's what I try to teach them. That is that is what I try to teach them. I think you know, while you said it's a tough, like a very very challenging and tough time, especially for youth. I also think there's a ton of opportunities that we can take advantage of. Like mm. if you're a kid and you're passionate about Dragon Ball Z or you're yeah. passionate about uh, baseball or mm. whatever it is, like you have the ability to talk about that thing, put out content, like create attention. Absolutely. And it's like there's a reason why the biggest change makers and some of the most successful people and the world came from nothing. Like they overcame right. such insane struggle and adversity mm. because <clears throat> they didn't use that as an excuse. They took accountability and they're like, yo, I've seen the bad side of things. Like I don't want my kids to have to experience what I right. did. Right, right. Use and that. Use that. Yeah, it's right. like it's that's fuel. your power. It's your superpower. Your struggle is your superpower. I love that. Your yeah. struggle is your superpower. And then mm. on the opposite side of the coin, like the area you were, you you took those girls to, Sunny Isles, Golden Beach, mm -hmm. like so many of those kids just grow up with a crazy amount of entitlement. They're 13 and their parents throw them a hundred thousand dollar bar mitzvah. They turn that's 16, insane. they get a Tesla, and and then. Like, what, what message does that send to those kids? And I feel like those are the people, and this isn't obviously absolute, but a lot of times those are the kids who don't really mount to anything because they've relied on They rely on their parents for their future. And, they, and it's all about keeping up with the Joneses and these external mm, validation. Like, absolutely. I'm trying to impress them. Oh shit! Like they got a Benz. I need to get a Maserati. They'll never like know who they truly are. Yeah, they're because they're masked with all this superficial, right? Yeah. And I'm sure. I mean, you've seen growing up 
in the area you have. Mm. You know, I've been in Miami for like four years and mm-hmm. I already see it. Um, so I guess I got kind of the goosebumps when you were talking about the stuff, uh, the girls club and the sixth to eighth grade and just like the first graduation. Yeah. Um, and I had an epiphany. <coughs> I've been told I'm a visionary. So this, okay. this, Same. Mi- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, do you believe that starting a school is in your future? Like, have you ever, has that ever crossed your mind or is that just like too daunting? No, it, it actually has. Um, there's a, an abandoned school next to Olson where I have the girls club. And I went to the principal and I looked at her and I said, why is this abandoned? She's like, oh, you got to knock it down. And there's, it was made a very long time ago with like chemicals that like you can't even put it down because it's so dangerous for the surrounding neighborhoods. Um, and I was like, I mean, what if I raise the funds? You know, I could do that. And she's like, of course you can. <laughs> like, y- you always say something and then you do it, you know? So, absolutely. A school? Yeah, why not? Why not? Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, we should, we should, doesn't have to be today, but we should make a commitment and set should a we, time. Should we sign a contract like my dad yeah, used to make me do? Yeah, hell yeah. Let's do um, it. <coughs> another thing I want to ask you yeah. is... At least with myself, I feel like I'm the type of person that's constantly like chasing things. Like Mm -hmm. I want to achieve this. I want to accomplish that. I want to work on this project. I don't want to say no to that. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm. And I find myself in the past getting sometimes overwhelmed. And and like, like you were saying, the power of being present, not really being present as much as I need to be. Instead looking forward, looking ahead, like, okay, I did this, cool, what's next? And with all the stuff that you're doing, you're constantly on the go, you're constantly innovating, you're constantly creating. Mm. I'm just wondering how you manage. I don't like the word balance. Okay. Like, how do you manage that type of constant ambition? That's who you are. You know, it's, that's actually my biggest struggle, it's my biggest struggle as much as it's an advantage because I, I, I love dabbling in so many different things. But when you don't stick to one, you don't grow that one thing, right? But I choose, it's a choice of mine, to do everything that I love because I, I think that's the only way to live life. Like I literally don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know. Mm. So if that makes me happy today to plan this huge event and to do this, and do, that's what I'm going to do. It's not about money it's not about even though i love making money i'm a hustler i've always been a hustler like from a young age but for me it's just yeah i i just love doing what i love like that's that's what gets me so that's that's what i use yeah and i feel like i love what you said and i feel like now more than ever for me personally i'm in a space where like i'm genuinely enjoying everything i'm creating Mm. like Mm. Like this right now, when we started this show three, three months ago, like I never thought we'd be in this studio producing this high quality. I of am so proud of you. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm so proud of you. But like, like my friend Sarah Akiba says, your struggle is your superpower. So mm. I'm wondering how you've kind of, how, how, how does that manifest on a day-to-day basis? Like what areas of your life would you say have taken or have paid the price from your ambition, from your constant go, go, go. My personal life. Yeah. I didn't have one for a while. Um, I've lost friends from it 
who just didn't understand that I couldn't give them my time right now because I was growing something that I really believed in. I literally looked at my friends and I was like, I think I can change the world. And they're like, well, you're fucking nuts. And I don't talk to those people anymore. But guess where I am now? I think I'm changing a piece of the world and I continue to do so. You know, I hope to continue to do what I'm doing and love what I'm doing. And if that's not good enough for those people, guess what? I've surrounded myself with people that adore me, love me and believe in me. Yeah, that's what I see. And that's huge. That's That's huge. Yeah, that's when I what I see when when what I experience when I'm in your presence and through social media and like through the couple Mm. events that I've witnessed is like like a solid core Mm. that fucking is with you. They believe in you. They have your back. They support you. And I think that's one of the things people struggle with is like their environment. Yeah. The people that they associate with, like my friends back home in California, they're doing the same shit that we used to do in middle school. Like, like they're still in California. When I go to visit, it's like, yo man, like, like, uh, what game are we watching? What game, Mm -hmm. like what game are we playing on N64? Like there, and, and there's this, there's this lack of growth and it's because we're so complacent and comfortable with those people and we struggle to distance ourselves. Again, though, it's like going back to thinking positive. Like, I thank God that they stopped being my friend, even though it was so difficult for me because I was, you know, I grew up this Jewish girl in a Jewish community with my same Jewish friends my whole life, right? And I was always friends with different groups, but that was my core. And getting out of that comfort zone with them, Mm. that was the most beautiful gift I've ever received. Thank you. You, Well, you you were the source of it. Oh, yeah. Because it's not, it's easy to talk about it, but mm -hmm. it is harder to, these people have been instrumental pieces of your life for 10 or 15 years. And it's like, I think it's also important to do it in a thoughtful way not just like saying fuck off oh no absolutely yeah i didn't have a choice right they dropped me like when did when did this when did this, this all happen? was three years ago so okay. no i'm sorry four years it's kind of like when i broke up with my ex five years ago or he broke up with me who knows i don't even remember but <laughs> um it was mutual it was like everything from there like all those people kind of stayed in that life you know, and then I grew into another. And I'm not saying that I didn't make mistakes. Maybe I hurt their feelings. There's there's a big chance, or there probably is. I probably hurt their feelings because I was trying to do something that I saw and I left them behind. Maybe, maybe that's how they feel, you know? Yeah. But for me, that's what I had to do. And sometimes do being Sorry. selfish is okay. You yeah, know, no, 100%. choosing that is okay. Hundred And that's, listen, we live in a world where you have, you are in control of so much more than you think. Oh like yeah. you have the power. If, if whatever life you want, you can have it. Yeah. Just put it that it's simple. Yeah, you like, know, like people, people will hit me up and they're like, oh man, like I'm so jealous. You get a workout outside right now in, in January. I'm it's like, choice, dude, fucking move here. Yeah. Like what's stopping you from yeah. moving to Miami right now? Fear. Like, yeah. That's and, what's stopping you. And, and like these, all these self-limiting beliefs come in. I'm wondering, though, um, out of those people that you kind of distance yourself mm. from, do they ever hit you up and reach out? No, or? I've seen them around, but um, it just it'll never be the same for me. It was just it was very hurtful. 
It yeah. was very, it was definitely another loss in my life. Yeah. Definitely, it hurt me. Yeah, I still dream about them. Like I have dreams about them. Yeah, because like it for me, w- like they were like my sisters, you know. Um, but no, they don't. I, I I wish them the best. I'm so happy for them. I know that like you know they're all in really good places, and that's that's amazing. I'm I'm so glad, you know, that we're all just like taking on our own thing. I I wish them the best, but no, we're. I don't think I I see a future. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would d- if I saw them. I'm, I'm so glad to see them. I'm so happy yeah, they're no, doing well. You know, I'm genuinely like I'm happy yeah, yeah. for them. But I was just wondering because like all the cool shit you're doing. If yeah, people sometimes just, they like, hit ran- you up. Like oh. randomly, like because I feel like as both of our platforms grow, continue Absolutely. to grow, and 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 we're seen in more places, people are gonna naturally like reach out. I mean, it already happens. But if they do, you know what? Just be like, yo, thank you. Like oh, at least course. they're realizing what we're putting out. You of know, course. and it's it's. I never like say before I was like that. I had like a real big ego. I was like, oh, I I got five k followers now, yeah. <laughs> you know, and now and now I just realize like what it all is. Like I sat at a lunch yesterday. I feel terrible saying this out loud. I feel like I should hold it back, but it's important. Um, and Please share. It was like a bunch of bloggers, and I'm not a blogger or you know influencer. Like I don't get paid to post things, things like that. I, I think it's it's fantastic that you made a job of that you know like sick you should do that but the conversation was just so tough to be around like oh you didn't get invited to this event oh you didn't do this oh you didn't so it's like constant like competition so it's really like pivotal who you surround yourself with and the conversations you put yourself in and same thing goes back to like my friends like those conversations they just they their surroundings, their energy was just not for me. It just yeah. wasn't for me anymore. So it's it's really like the situation you put yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important that we're we're constantly comparing ourselves. Mm. And and uh and I think it's Benjamin Franklin that says comparison is the thief of joy. Absolutely. And wow, I love that. Say that again. Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And like it's like, yo, I could be in Peru right now at Machu Picchu, and then I, s- I see a friend post a picture. They just surfed some sick wave in mm-hmm. Hawaii, and I'm like, fuck. Like, okay, cool. I guess yeah. I'm at Machu Picchu. Fuck. But they're doing way cooler shit than I am. And it's, and it's a really dangerous rabbit hole to go down mm-hmm. because I feel like it can affect our relationships. Absolutely. It can affect or, I mean, it does affect our own opinion of ourselves. Like, we're not good enough because look at what they're doing. Mm. And I think that's something that we have to be conscious of is really, okay, who am I comparing myself to? Is this productive? Because sometimes, like, if I compare myself to you, it actually benefited me a lot. Mm. Because I was like, Sarah's making such a contribution and giving so much. Like, I need to elevate my game. See, that's the right way to do it, though. So you're thinking in the more positive and, like, it's strengthening you to do more rather than taking it in a different way and saying oh she's doing that and i'm not and like let me just go down this hole of like fuck why aren't i doing that you know instead of being happy and being like i want to do that too let me collaborate and you you know that's that's the that's the beauty of collaboration and you take that initiative you're always like hey how can i collaborate that's like your thing yeah. You know, you, you I you've texted me countless times and I'm like, I don't even know what to say to him. Like, I yeah. don't know, you know, like well whatever I got you want to do, here, come, so you we're know? Winning. Yeah. So it's like it's like that's how you have to use that. Hmm. You know? Yeah, collaboration is key totally. for sure. And I think 
for me, I've realized that one of my superpowers is actually connecting people. Like, Same. So, like, you know, Maria was just here, and I was like, you know, I feel like you and Sarah would just vibe well. Like, I don't know exactly what you guys are going to do together. You were but so right, though. But I just feel like you guys will connect, and you guys will create something cool Instantly and special. Instantly friends. Did you see that? Yeah. Instantly. It was just like a vibe. It's just there. And I think it's something... So, for me, I'm understanding, like, yo, if I... If I if I contribute towards their success, like that's my that's my success. I love that. And I love that. I feel like I didn't have that mindset always. It was definitely more egocentric and focused on me. We like all had that though. We yeah. all had that route at one point. Yeah. We we all took that. You know, we were all like, we all have egos. It's just when are you gonna drop it, right? And mm. I think like with time and experience, like the things you're doing now, you realize you're like, that never worked out. Yeah. So this is the route to take, you know? So, man, this has been all of, like, everything that I really wanted to kind of dive deep with you in the past is manifested into this conversation mm -hmm. naturally. Like, Amazing. there hasn't been a script, which I'm super stoked about. Um, I guess I would want to ask you, um, you know, I know you see a lot of these girls and they are enduring very challenging times. There's a lot of mental health involved mm -hmm. because obviously you can imagine everything that Their they're going through. situations are very difficult. And yeah, and, and for me, I find sometimes I'm so in my own bubble of like positivity and gratitude mm -hmm. that I lose touch with all of the people that are struggling and surrounded by negativity and they're going through such shitty circumstances. Imagine, it's hard to crawl out of that yeah you know when so a lot of these girls are you know going home and they're in a bad situation whether you know they're not getting fed or whether they're getting abused whether they're getting raped by their parents whether they're you know sleeping outside so it's like how can they go to school in a good mood or happy or sometimes they can and they put on this you know mask when they go to school and then they go home and they're depressed and they're cutting and they're you know it's you know, we all struggle from mental illness, right? Yeah. Um, in some way, shape, or form. And these young girls, the reason I feel so tied to them is because if we make the change now, we'll live a better world, right? Because mm. especially with social media, I mean, they're the things they write each other is like, go kill yourself if they get in a fight with their friends. Or there's challenges online to commit suicide. I lost a student my first year. To the blue whale challenge. The blue. Yeah, oh, there's on. there's like Facebook groups like this, and that's a sixth grade student. She's eleven years old. Mm. Can you imagine? Li like, you didn't even live your life yet. Yeah. You know, and I was bullied very bad in middle school, very bad, and I and I feel so strongly because I know. Listen, you know all those girls that bullied me, jail. They called me a lesbian. Lesbians. They they called me. You know. They said, oh, you have a big Juno's, got that shit done. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's ways to fix everything and to grow from everything. And it's just like, again, your challenge is your superpower. Mm. So it's like, you know, th their, their illnesses will be their strengths once they're through with me. Yeah. You know? yeah. What, is, what is something, I guess that like a tool that you would suggest people using if they're going through a really mm -hmm. tough time, a tough stretch, maybe 
they're dealing with a death or something very mm -hmm. traumatic in their life like is there maybe i know it's different for everyone so it's tough to tough it to is, say but yeah. like but maybe a protocol or some sort of tool or exercise that you'd want to put them through to kind of help them progress forward just don't be afraid to take control of the situation no matter how old you are no matter who your parents are no matter what you're taught right because let's say you know you're 11 12 13 or even now and you've been taught the same thing your whole life by your parents and maybe that's not the right way so mm. get out of your comfort zone and speak to someone different Someone you would probably never speak to before. Your teachers come in the most unexpected places. Oh, absolutely. Like absolutely. And we're all a mirror of each other. Oh, so, yeah. like, everyone who's bullying you or talking shit or making fun of you. But they're in bad situations, too. Course. So, you know what? That's where compassion comes oh, in. Exactly. You Huge. know? I mean, my students, the ones that were the roughest and the meanest to me, were the ones that needed it most. Yeah. Like, I had one student... I don't even know where she is today. I always ask and they'll never tell me. She always got suspended for fighting and this and that. Mm. But her mom was dying on her couch. Her dad had already passed. She had one brother who was getting taken away. And I think that's what happened. They got taken away because their mom probably passed. Mm. And she was, I mean, she was fighting every girl, bullying every girl. But little did we know that her situation was the worst one. So I always teach my girls. I'm like, is that girl bullying you? Ask her why. Yeah. Ask her why. Like, don't don't fight back. And if you do want to fight back, like, fight her. Fight her. I tell her, fight her. But wh what are you going to feel afterwards? Nothing. Guess what? They always fight, and then they're friends. That's the best part. Um, that's so true. Yeah. I want to I wanna go into a rapid-fire round of questions with you because I know you it. have things to do. But before cool. I do that, I think what you said is super important. And whether you're a parent, whether you're a kid listening, whether you're regardless of your situation, it, it's kind of irrelevant, but I just encourage you and request that you be more mindful and more conscious of every interaction and every action that you make, because think of the impact it's having on the other parties involved mm -hmm. and you doing something as simple as showing up late to an appointment. What does that say about the other person? It's showing them that their time is invaluable, that they're unworthy right. of you showing up on time. Mm -hmm. These little things all manifest into bigger things. Yes. So really evaluate the conversations you're having, evaluate the actions you're taking, and just really step back, okay, and build awareness to how you're acting and the impact th th that those actions have on everybody involved. Yes. Um, so I just wanted to finish off. And, okay. Okay. I didn't. Oh, man. This is exciting. Okay. Rapid fire questions. Let's go. This is something that I'm asking every guest on the show. You only have 10 seconds to come up with your answer. Oh, boy. Favorite emoji? Oh, the girl that goes like, I don't know. Interesting. I wouldn't expect that from you. Okay. Uh, biggest pet peeve? Leaving the house without the bed being made. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. Quote or mantra that you live by? Oof. I'm past 10 seconds. Five, uh, four. Come on, I'll give you a five-second extension. Okay, we'll come back. Uh, yeah, Book come or back. movie that impacted you the most? This is tough for me, too. The Power of Now. Ooh, some Eckhart Tolle? Yeah. What are you most grateful for right now? Being here right now. Ooh, 
she's sucking up to the host. Quote or mantra you live by. Five. I'm going to say courage. Courage was like my daddy used to tell I me. I say courage. That's it. That's my mantra. I fucking love that. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. That's it. Wow. Um, unbelievable. That was, oh my gosh, my mind is blown. <laughs> and I know what I'm so excited about is I know this conversation is going to impact so many people. Absolutely. Like, I feel it. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's a conversation that we need to have more often. Yes. And I know you're involved with so many amazing things and initiatives with women. Mm. And I really encourage men to join the conversation. Absolutely. And understand, like, dude, why are all these women's circles and groups happening? Like, maybe, maybe, like, we need to do something to level up our game, to level up our communication, our compassion. Be a part of a women's group. How about that? Yeah. Well, are you, are you opening up an invite? Yes. Come. Done. You're welcome. We're <laughs> changing the world. Sarah... Before we sign off, I want you to tell these people where they can follow you, where they can engage with you and dive deeper because I'm sure so many of them are feeling yes. impacted right now and want to dive deeper. The easiest way would just to follow me on Instagram, my personal page, which is Soakiba. It's S-O-A-K-I-B as in boy A. And um, on my bio, you'll find all the rest of the Instagrams and all my companies and everything that I do. And then on those Instagram pages, you can find our websites to learn more and to donate and um, how to become a part of any of the, these amazing things that we're doing. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Hell yeah. Guys, I encourage you check out that page right now. You are going to be blown away by some of the content. And also, if you're in the Miami area, Sarah's constantly throwing amazing events. Yes. So be sure to check those out. She's got unbelievable apparel that all goes to a good cause. Mm -hmm. So make sure, take action. Do not wait until tomorrow. Do that shit now. Mm -hmm. And guys, you already know what time it is. <laughs> it's time to change the world and stand up to sitting. <laughs>